Welcome to Rogue Bogues, this is episode 46 of the basketball series. Myself, Andrew Bogut, pro, what is going on? Folks, another day at the shit show, my friend. Everything's good, my man. Everything is good. Going well. We just we just finished our call in and answered some good people's questions that follow our podcast. So a reminder again, if you want to jump online, the call in app, um, it's on, on available on web browser and Apple Android is still in the works. Jump on. Cool app. You can jump straight on with us. We add you to a queue and you ask a question and we talk shit for usually 30 minutes before this podcast every week. So that went well. But um, what else is new? How's the diet going, folks? <laughs> So uh, we, we just recorded uh, a couple of minutes ago and old Bogues didn't hit record and um, Pro didn't ask me about my diet. So I gave him some shit and said, hey, wait to ask me about my fucking diet. So that's where that smirk from Pro came from. My diet's going great, Pro. Thank you for asking. I've, uh, I've lost five kilos and I'm, I'm back to eating normally. Besides, I'm trying to go long for about a month without any carbs or processed sugar and I'm, I'm in week two. So I'm, I'm doing pretty well. So all good. So give me like, give me a, maybe not even a day, but give me some meals that you do, like that you do that with no process, you know, no sugar or carbs. Like what's your normal go-to, like dinner, lunch, whatever, like what's your go-to box on that? Oh man, like whatever I have, I just don't get carbs. Like there's a Mexican place that most people in Australia would know called Guzman Gomez and I get like a burrito bowl, but just no rice. So I I, I put the beans in, I put the, the meat, the cheese, all that kind of stuff. I just don't. Don't put the um. There's a little bit of carbs in all that, a tiny amount, but I don't go hard carbs. So no rice, no pasta, none of that stuff. Plain steak or, or some seasoned steak, some seasoned chicken, all that stuff. All my protein, irons, all fine. Um, and then I just do you know a side of vegetables or a salad with every meal. That's my side. Instead of I'd always be notorious for like a meat of some sort or fish has to be a carb yeah. of some sort, potatoes or rice or pasta or whatever, and then it has to be some sort of salad. So now I'll just cut that carbs out. And it was it was tough, man. The first week, dude, I was like just feeling kind of just crashing at different times because your body's just like, what are you doing? And now I'm at a point where I'm doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm working out without any carbs. I just want to see how crazy I can get um, in, in probably till Christmas, I'll do it and then start introducing it a little bit. But um, yeah, I know I was, I'm was. i a big fan of passes and all that shit, bro. So Oof. that's what kills me. I know people out there mentioned in the last podcast, they love hearing about my dietary goals and everything. So here's some more information on it. But yeah, otherwise going well, I'm just trying to, just trying to be a little bit more healthy with the way I eat. I wasn't I don't. I wouldn't say I was a bad eater before that, but I just got I got caught up in making my own pastas and shit way too much, and then it was just like oh you oh you get the pot you get the pasta maker at home and shit. No, nah, not the not the actual pasta. Sorry, um, I can't bother doing that. It just takes too long for the reward. But um, yeah. there's a place around the corner that does fresh pastas, but I do all my own sauce. I do all my own sauces and meats and all that kind of meat sauces and and pan vodka is kind of my favorite. So just trying to steer away from that. But I highly recommend everyone doing a cleanse every now and then. It's the the fast was really cool. It was tough as shit, you know. But other than that man i think it's just good to do every now and then so one of those things sweet now see i'm crushing fucking stanley tucci finds italy on on uh who's like this this actor who like the big italian food guy mm-hmm. and he goes through all the towns in italy and fucking you know it's like one it was one of the best uh shows cnn had on it was like a, do- a docuseries sort of yep. so I, I, there's no way i'm not eating carbs during the day watching that shit oh, for man. an hour at a time you're so. just sitting there like yeah. oh, i'm gonna make that's, that's how i've been doing like when we had lockdowns and shit i was just like watching cooking shows and, and then just making what i was watching but <laughs> those shows are cool man um outside yeah. of the basketball podcast that we should talk about shortly i love those shows because they they go to the thing with italy and even croatia to an extent a lot of town a lot of uh, countries in europe that each people that don't know this each city generally has a different staple that they're famous for each town right yeah. so in croatia yep. it's like you go down to the coast different coastal towns are famous for different types of seafood you go inland it's kind of more goulashy potatoes then you go up to a different part and it's more pastries and, and it's just so cool when you go you can drive an hour somewhere and then it's a whole different staples or some like the island i had an apartment on was known for its sheep's cheese essentially ghost cheese and then you go to the next island and it's known for wine and then the next one's known for a grappa or a rakia as, as they'd say so I love that man. That, that's a really cool thing, and that, that's what it sounds like that show's all about. So big, oh big no, fan. dude, watch! It's unbelievable. It's one hour shows, and he goes to a different town in Italy. You know, he tries to. I guess there's like 20 regions in Italy, so he tries to hit them all. That that show is fucking off the charts. So I have to check it out. Yeah, I know people didn't want to listen to us uh, talk about food, but yeah, you know, five minutes. Yeah, what do you got to? 
Let's yeah. get into it. Uh, okay. Team of the week. We're going to open up. I'm going to open up. I think we've got the same team of the week again, but I've got the Utah Jazz uh, team of the week. They've won six straight, so pretty much a no-brainer there. Eight and two in their last 10. I'm not tolerating Rudy Slander Pro. I've seen a few guys that are saying he's not that good of a defender, this, that. You look at the numbers of what he does in the paint. Yes, he's not a multi-positional defender. I'm not arguing that. <clears> I'm not arguing that he can't go out and switch on on a you know a LeBron James type or a Kevin Durant. I'm not arguing that. I'm, I'm saying when he's on the floor, their numbers do not lie they are a dominant force you don't get layups or dunks when he's on the floor um and i've just been hearing a lot of the i mean Ed, edwards i mean great player but i'm questioning the basketball iq if you're if you're huh. more intimidated by christas porzingis uh-huh. then you are rudy gobert in the paint protecting the rim you might need to watch more film pro yeah for sure i mean it's not even close i mean no offense to christas i mean He's a very good offensive player, but Solid. defense yeah. isn't his forte. And and Gorbeer, like, if you watch Gorbeer play and you watch him defend and how he guards, it's not like a lot of people that are like, you know, that like Manute Bowl was like seven six and he just relied on his size and his length to get blocked. Like this guy, like his hand form his hand positioning and you know, how he gets deflections and yeah, he blocks a ton of shots, but like it's the other stuff that he does that he's pretty high level at. But uh, yeah, Porzingis is, I mean, you could take Porzingis' legs out, you know, physically and like it's very easily. And that's like, he's a good like weak side shot blocker and he's pretty good. Like he's a pretty smart player. But yeah, I would definitely not. I mean, my opinion would definitely, I, there's about 30 other guys that would probably have, you know, before Porzingis, no offense to Porzingis, just people who could guard. At the four or the five, not 30, but you know what I'm saying. It's just what happens is he's got a lot of, uh, sh- you know, he averages about a block a game, not this year, but years past, he would average like a block, block and a half. And people will say he was a hell of a defender. He is in some instances, but Rudy Gobert's, you know, you can say what you want about Rudy. The guy's uh, the hell of a fucking defender. Yeah, and he's just not a star, like a, he's not a superstar where you're like ISOing him and he's crossing you over. So he gets some slander for that because at times he he's, can be goofy at times and whatever. But I mean, his numbers don't lie. And he's, you know, you look at their numbers when he's on the floor that, you know, not so much the the shots that he blocks and alters. There's also a psychological aspect where you're you're driving the lane you're kind of veering away when you see him coming or see him in the paint so that's a win already that doesn't show up on a stat sheet but i've just noticed some some guys that are you know he's one defensive player of the year multiple times now that are taking little pot shots at him and anyway hassan whiteside's been good for him too off the bench rudy gay i spoke about him pat myself Mm -hmm. on the back in the preseason i thought he was a great pickup for them a guy with size and length, a little bit older, has had some injuries, but can still somewhat create his own shot off the bounce, off an ISO, off the high post, 18 feet face up. And they needed that punch off the bench, something they didn't have last season to an extent. They've moved John Ingles predominantly off the bench now. I guess my question for you, Pro, is same old story. They're, they're an unbelievable regular season team. Do they have enough to, to make some noise in the playoffs? I think it's going to be really hard again without that second star scoring you know, I think in, in the playoffs, yeah, like the ball movement is really good. I think it get, get you through the first round. But I think once you start getting into semifinal, you know, conference finals sort of play, you need that second guy. You know, Bogdanovich, very good player. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, even though I, I took him over Tyler Hero in, uh, in my fantasy, I still think he's pretty good. He puts up points. But like, I think you really need that second ISO scorer. And I just don't think they have that. I think they have shooters. I think they have smart players. I think they have playmakers. Obviously, they got Donovan Mitchell as their main. Now Clarkson comes in and, and you know, he's either feast or famine. But that second guy, I think Bogue's going to really hurt him. Like, you come in, like, Chris Paul could score points for Phoenix, but then you got Booker, you got him, you know, then you got a bunch of shot makers, you got eight. Bridges, yeah. Yeah, Bridges. But, like, I think you just need that second, like, second quote-unquote superstar to score, to really score points. And Clarkson's just going to have to be more consistent in the playoffs to, you know, to be a guy that they could really depend on to carry the mail. You need mail carriers, you know, and, and they got one, and they got a half of one, in a, you know, in Bogdanovich. But I just, and that Clarkson could sort of do it too. But I, th- I just think you need that second guy, you know, in, in yeah, my opinion. It's fair enough. I mean, I'll, like, I think their bench is, is deeper than it was last season with Rudy and Hassan. I think they, they definitely brought some some good players in that helped that system. You get so excited about them during the regular season. I mean, they're, they're one six straight. They're eight and two in the last 10. They're starting to surge and get it together. They've remained pretty much healthy now for the last odd month. Um, it'll be just, I hope they, they finally make that step. And arguably, this could be. You know, probably the final year of this roster being together. If they don't make, I'm guessing their franchise are probably looking at third round, second round slash third round would be a successful year, and beyond that, 
you, you take what you can get. But if, if it's a first round exit or an easy second round exit, they're going to have to make some changes. Team of the week, W-E-A-K. For me, Portland Trailblazers pro. No Dame. He's been in and out of the lineup. CJ now, they haven't even given a timeline on him, but he's probably going to be out for, for a while. What did he have? He had something with his uh, internals, right? McCollum was a collapsed lung. A collapsed lung, yeah. So you don't even know how long that's going to take. That could be season potentially. Trade rumors are swirling around them again. You know, we'll touch on that in a second, but they've lost four straight as of now. The three and seven in the last 10, they've got a, a rookie head coach. It's just, it looks like it's just blending into why I didn't have faith in them in the preseason. I think they're going to, they're going to be, they're, they're probably an odor away from, do we just, you know, do we just shut it down and start start preparing for next season, make some trades, go young, blow it up? But they have made comments to the contrary to that, so it will be interesting. Who do you have as your team of the week? Boston Celtics without fucking question. Okay. Without question. Like, we got to hear it all the time. Brown, Tatum, you know, it's this is their year, this and that. You know, and they go in. Now, they're on the road. They're on a road trip this last, you know, the last three games. And they got Lakers Clippers back-to-back. Full Laker team. And... Now they they don't have Brown on their team. Don't get me wrong. They don't have Brown right now. He's out hurt. I forgot what he's got. He's got something going on. I don't know if it's a knee or something soreness. Yeah, he was he was out for a while, came back, and then now he's out again. Yep. Yeah, so he's been out, but like they lay an egg on this road trip where like Lakers haven't been able to beat a good team. They've they they lost to them by fifteen. Then they go back to back Clippers, no Kawhi as we know, no Paul George, he's out, and they fucking and they lay an egg against them. They were down as much as twenty, and then you know, they, they ended up losing by three. They 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 sort of started going together. And then they lost to Phoenix by then they got embarrassed by the Suns. No Booker, no Aiton, and they lose, and I think they were missing somebody else. And, yeah, it was my fantasy team, motherfucker. So they lost <laughs> by twenty-one. They lost by twenty-one, and it just look—it's—it's—it's it's, it's all year. They just—they're not consistent. They don't play hard consistently. They don't defend consistently. Shot selection is fucking brutal. Like, when is it? When are they gonna just say, you know what? Enough's a fuck enough. Let's man the fuck up. It's uh—it's pretty fucking embarrassing. You know, yeah, it's pretty not, fucking they're embarrassing. They're, they're sitting in tenth right now. Lost three in a row. Four and six last 10. 13 and 14 on the season. They're a game ahead of, or half a game ahead of Toronto. They could, they could easily fall out. I mean, New York's in 12. I mean, shit, you know, and now you got Indiana's starting to play a little bit better. They're five and five in their last 10. They've won three straight. Maybe it's because Carlisle's COVID. They're playing better. Who knows? That's just a theory. But yeah, I mean, it's the East is just, it's so wide open right now. Even Orlando, like they're five and 22. Record is- Dude, they battled. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they actually, yeah. they actually- Compete like they just lost today in a close game by, by two. two. Was that the Clippers? Was it? Um, it's, yeah, it's just they, they they battle for they're not they're not the way they play isn't it doesn't reflect on their record. I, I like that they still go out and play hard, but the East is wide open, in my opinion. Um, basically from three odd down, you know, I think Milwaukee, Chicago, Brooklyn will be in that mix up top, and then I think it's going to be the rest. Miami maybe can poke in there, but the Wizards have been up and down. They've, they've been four and six, but yeah, I mean the, the Boston Celtics is just. With the amount of talent they have, they, they they definitely should be in the mix somewhere in the middle of that pack. But we'll uh we'll watch that space. Trade rumors are heating up. So Portland have come out and said Dame's untouchable, and so is CJ. And 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 you're kind of like CJ, really? Like he's he's hurt right now. So if you can get something back for him, it might save your season. Uh, as soon as you you you, you tab your players untouchable, it's kind of like that bad omen, right? That something something bad's gonna happen. And I just. Uh, what, what, where are we at with Portland? We speak about it a lot, but should they make a move now or just just wait it off to the off season? We know we've spoken about the GM being in transition. You know, their assistant GM's taking over. They're going to hire a new one. Is that why they're not making moves? What the fuck is going on? I think if you're really looking for a, a, you know a, a new GM, if you're going to hire Danny Age or Trajan Langdon or whoever you're going to hire, you know, if you're in my opinion, it's probably. 85 to 90 percent chance they hire a new gm you know over the interim so like do you really want to deal damian lillard like here's the thing people will go well now you know everything's heating up with simmons they're gonna have to trade him for simmons they're gonna no fuck no you don't you got dame for four more fucking years he wants a two-year extension he got him for four more fucking years he's not going anywhere so there's no rush you got a new GM coming in. You might want to give it, to, you know, give it to them as far as hey, if we're gonna make a move, we don't want to make this move now and then 
Now, what if the move backfires and it's not very good and, and they and they still finish up shitty? And now you get these GMs that might have taken the job that say, eh, nah, all set. Because, you know, they don't really have that many more assets besides Willard. They got McCollum, they can get you something. They got Powell, they can get you a little bit. But they don't have all these assets. So, like, if they trade their biggest asset and they only – say they go to, like, San Antonio – and they get all their like say they I'm not saying they I'm just saying for example and they and they got like Dejounte Murray Dad Young you know and a couple other players right and it blows up in their face you don't want to be doing that so I don't think they're gonna be trading Lillard because you're not gonna be trading Simmons for Lillard no one in their right mind would trade Lillard for Simmons it's not even close you'd have to give me a laundry list full of shit to get you know to give me if I'm gonna give you Lillard for Simmons and it'll be like two other players three other players plus draft picks but they can go other places they go to San Antonio they, they can go to Boston so I don't think they're gonna make a move I think they're gonna hold off now McCollum you could trade McCollum Indiana we'll talk about in a minute but like you know Sabonis is on the rack you know Levert's in the rack Brogdon's on the rack everybody's in the fucking rack there Turn up. yeah yep. so, yeah so like you know, you could you could get McCollum for you know for something else. You can get you can make some moves. So I think they're gonna make some moves off of either Powell. McCollum has to go. If you're trying to you know change the makeup of that team, I I just don't see what what Philly's gonna get for Simmons. It's that much better than McCollum. Maybe you can go Sabonis and Brogdon, and then you have to throw in something else. Maybe uh, you know on Philly side, maybe you can go Levert and Turner. You could do some other stuff. For McCollum, I mean, for Simmons, I mean, the McCollum thing, I think McCollum and Powell is probably going to go and then they're going to keep Lillard and then they're going to try to get a defender in there to change the makeup of their team, see what happens. And then if they're going to deal Lillard, deal him. They got all the power right now. I wouldn't trade Lillard right now. I don't think there's not a player on the market right now that's going to be on the market that you can get. Maybe if you can get Tatum, you know, if you can get Tatum because he's young and and he's a good player and he puts up points and he's a top 25 guy, top 15, top 25 guy, whoever you're talking to, maybe you go there. What do you think, Bogues? Do you think, what would you do if you're Portland? I just think they're going to, it just smells like they're going to hold steady because they don't really have... They don't have their GM that they probably want right now in there. Um, I don't know anything about who's even doing it, to be quite honest with you, but I think that's that plays a part, though. And it's probably like, do I let an interim GM make this move? Probably not. Then you got a new GM coming in in the offseason. Then you're going to go. So I think, I, th- I don't think they do much, um, to be honest with you. I think um, they're just going to have to sit and wait and reevaluate with what they've got at the end of the season and then potentially make a move. At this point, you know, even if you do make a move, what, what are you you going from? What are they, 10th, 11th right now? Maybe going up to seven, eight. Is it worthwhile doing that? Probably not, in my opinion. But I also looked up collapsed lung because I'm not a doctor and there is, it says you can recover within a few weeks. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then be back to, to, you know, whatever you're doing per recommendations of your doctor, but that's kind of open-ended. It could be more than that. So I thought, I thought it could be more severe than that timeline-wise, but that's that's good news. So he might be back sooner than later. But yeah, man, they just – and Portland, arguably, as we've said, they they get both those guys healthy. They could go on a 10-game tear, like that kind of team. They're so yeah. hot and cold. You just don't know what what, what they're going to do on a nightly basis. But they've, they've just – I think that frustration of them not doing – not making any moves for a while. I think that's in Dame's head a little bit. They need to, they need to do something. He's not getting any younger. If they make a move, they need to do it now. But moving on to Indiana, Miles Turner is a big one for me in that in that squad that I think can can be a player that you know he's frustrated with his role. I think he sees himself as a, as a you know all star player, superstar player. I think he's fringe that. I think he's second tier superstar, maybe third. I don't think he's a number one guy, which led, leads me to believe if a championship contender a la Golden State Warriors a la someone like that can get him on their squad for, for, for basically not much I mean he's he wants out he's not happy we know how Carlisle goes with Buttonheads Carlisle's first year coach he's not going anywhere so it's going to be Miles he's only owed 18 mil next season then he's a free agent so it's a valuable contract I think Indiana could probably get some young assets in return for him. But I'd look to probably not so much Golden State, depending on where Wiseman goes, but I think he'd fit in very well there. It gives you a, a, a legitimate threat from the three-point line at the five that can knock him down. He's very, very good. He'd be up there with rim protection in the NBA, especially in that system. Maybe Brooklyn, you know, someone like that. Um, I'm not sure what they what they what they have as far as assets, but I think he can be – he could put a fringe championship team over the top, in my opinion. I mean, even the Utah Jazz, shit, you, you get him – whether he probably wasn't buying to the backup – 
a, a Rudy, but shit, imagine bringing him off the bench and having a big now that can stretch the floor a little bit and and provide that same level of rim protection. I'm just spitballing. It would never happen with Utah, but someone like that, it could really put them over the top to potentially get get out of the second, third round and potentially to a final series. Yeah, I mean, like the, like the Dallas Mavericks comes to mind with me, you know, as far as having a rim protecting five. You know, there, there are teams like Boston that's on the trade market. You know, Philly... You know, obviously Philly's trying to deal Simmons and they're, they're going to be very, because look, nobody wants to go to Indiana. Let's be honest. Like, like I told you, like Indiana's like San Antonio with less tourist attractions. You know, it's like, you know, there's not, there's well, just list. not, <laughs> yeah, no, no one fucking wants to go there. Like, look at their free agency. Like they've never really in a long time haven't gotten a guy, right? So like even when they were really good when Vogel was coaching and they had Hibbert, they had Paul George, they, they had, yeah. you know, all those guys were drafted. David West was acquired, but most of those guys were drafted. So I think they're going to be very, they're going to be very ambitious to, tr- to try to get Simmons and make a move. So like if those guys are on the, on the market, imagine putting Turner on Philly. Now you could have Embiid sort of roaming around and this kid could be your, your, you know, your rim protecting five that you need. And like Levert, you know, they're going to be, I would say like they're going to package something. They're going to package Levert and Sabonis. They're going to package, see, I've heard Levert and Sabonis to, to Philly. Like I've heard those, those rumors as well. Boston, you know, was rumored to like Turner and Carlisle, you know, Carlisle and, um, and what's his name? A pretty, pretty tight in Boston. Um, Brad Stevens. So like maybe they want to make a move. So there's going to be some motivation. There's definitely going to be a move made. I, you could almost bet you could bet your you bet your house on it. Like San Antonio, I think is a big player because they've got like Dejounte Murray with money. They've got Thaddeus Young that they want to trade. They got Doug McDermott that they they can move. They've got pieces that they can move, and they could sort of collect them up. I think Carlisle and those guys would probably want better players. Like they would want a guy like maybe Brown from Boston. You know, they can't get Tatum with those pieces, but maybe you can get Brown. Maybe you can get Simmons. Like the, I think they they'd want a, a player that's in the top. 25 or top 30 like to me none of those guys like i know you you really value turner i value him in the top 50 i think he's like a i think he's like a third guy he's a, like i say he's a very good rim protector good guy plays hard but like he's not a a, a real difference maker like if you're i agree with that yeah i agree with that i'm saying if you get, oh no if, i know if yeah. a championship team yeah. can poach him fringe championship yeah. team or let's say one of the top six teams and, it, and, and so if you're it, golden state folks who who do you give like what 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 are you thinking about giving for Turner. So it's Turner's 18 mil. So how are you going to get to 14 or 15 million in your salaries to make the deal work? Yeah, you'd have to, have to look at it closely, but you know, Wiseman would, would definitely be someone you discuss and then there's that coin flip, but Miles for that system I think would fit better than than um than Wiseman would in my opinion. Um, yeah. just and, and and Miles is young too. Like he's not old. What is he? He's he's in the no. 20s still. So yeah, you'd have to look at the numbers. I'm, I'm spitballing obviously, but I mean, I just I could just see someone acquiring him late and he can he could just be that 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 difference you know i'm not saying he's going to have an effect on every game but game six of a conference finals this dude comes in and has oh he's good both yeah he's good five blocks and you're like who the hell is this guy right like what how do they get him you know but you look at who probably has a space in their cap to absorb his contract is it's the bottom bottom of the totem pole but like you said san antonio is sitting in there um but i don't think they'll go after him but the one in the lower echelon that could really is new york they're 25th right now in their cap. Um, they're bottom bottom six essentially. They, they don't have a, they haven't overspent. They have some room to absorb him. Maybe give a few young assets up or some picks or something. He would help them for sure. Next to Julius Randall, I know they've mm-hmm. got the other big fellow there. It's more of a shot blocker, but they don't really have a shooting five. I mean, he could slide right into that sliding lineup, put him next to Jerome Randall. Now all of a sudden, you can actually post him a bit more, which is more. I think he's better 18 feet out turn face than he is so much so trying to jack threes up and you can space with Turner. So that that's another one that you look at. Dallas is in there as well. They're 24th. Um, the only other team in that bottom half that'd probably be, have a chance to be, you know, in, in the playoffs and go deep, it's probably Phoenix and they're at 20 and they, they don't need him obviously with McGee and, and Aiden there. But yeah, it's just, just interesting watching from afar. I think, I yep. just think someone can use him. I agree with you. I think he's a third, He's a third star on a team. He's not. He's not higher than that, in my opinion. And when you're thinking about trades, like, and this is this happens all the time when I talk to people about, oh yeah, we should acquire this, we should acquire that. So the problem is, you go on ESPN Trade Checker and you could fucking you could trade like LeBron James for like you know eight expiring contracts and the deal works, and you're like, oh yeah, the deal works. Yeah, the fucking deal works, but the t- the two teams don't want to do it. So you got to look at these teams. Like, look, Indiana needs talent. They're not very good. They got second tier players. 
They don't like their coach is really good, but they don't really have a star. They've got all these guys that could put up some numbers, but they're not great players. So they're going to deal them. So you can't deal those guys one for one and get a really good player back. You, you're probably going to get what you get back. So you have to like combine them to deal like a Simmons. Like, look, no one really wants Simmons. I don't give a fuck how many ESPN reports there are. Nobody fucking wants the guy and, and going to give you a lot for him. So like, like if you're them and you're like, hey, yeah, we could make the money. We could make the money work, and you can get two guys that could help you win. That's the thing. Like Philly's not going to probably try try to trade with Golden State because they can't get anything back that could help them win. They need players that could help them win. That's why McCollum could really help them today. You know, like so if you go to Indiana. And maybe you can do Levert and Turner, Levert and Sabonis. I think they should try to do Brogdon and Levert because I think they need guards. So you could always get a big that could come off the bench and block shots and rebound. They need like, I think they need scoring power. I think they need guys that could like want to take a jump shot in the playoffs. Like they need guys like that. So I think Levert, Brogdon, Brogdon, something else to try to make that work. So it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what the what happens for Simmons because I know we've talked it to death. You know, it's like my wife seeing me without a shirt on. She's tired of fucking seeing it and she wants to throw up. It's the same thing when we talk about Simmons. We're tired of fucking hearing about it. But it it, it is going to probably happen here in the next few weeks. And I'm just I'm just wondering what's it, what it's going to shape up and who's going to go for him. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, all of our listeners are interested in it too, but him being a, you know Australian and a lot of fans here in Australia that follow his career, so everyone's wondering what the hell's going on. And we haven't really heard anything from him lately, neither. It's been been pretty quiet. Rich Paul's kind of laying in the weeds again and gone all quiet as well. So maybe yeah. something is in the works. Usually, when shit goes quiet, that's when the yeah the phone calls are being made. So we'll watch that space. But I think I think it's going to heat up. I think there's going to be a lot of trades this season. Um, heading into the deadline, I think teams probably give it to to just after Christmas. Teams will know where they're at record wise. But moving on, we had this question: the call in Zion Williamson. Um, he has not healed well. Shocker, pro. He has not healed well. Uh, reportedly, three hundred and thirty pounds, pro. So he's playing weight. His rookie year was listed at 270, 280. He's reportedly at 330. We reported from from a good source of mine um, that's down there in New Orleans that um, he refused to get on a scale in preseason, period, even from the strength and conditioning staff. He refused to get on a scale at all costs because he was you know, a bit cognizant and embarrassed about his weight. With an injury that he has, lower leg injury, you just cannot put on weight. Five pounds can, you know, five kilos, 10 pounds, whatever. That can greatly affect your recovery. And now we're seeing that. Everyone's seen the photos. Um, people thought they were Photoshopped, but I don't think they were. He's in that Mountain Dew ad. Uh, maybe he got... It's it's part it's a it's a product deal and I know cash so he's getting his money's worth by smacking down eight Mountain Dews a day I don't know what it is but it's a shame because I think it really hurts New Orleans first and foremost they they've got everything invested to him right like he's their young star they lost Davis he's the next guy it just you just hope he's not trying to eat his way out out of out of New Orleans and end up somewhere else but I just have huge worries and you factor that in with you know he's an explosive beast type of player is what I said on the call and you know he's so explosive even with weight even with this weight, I bet you he's getting his head at the rim, right? That's not the issue. I think it's you're going to blow your quad out with the amount of power he generates to get up and down the floor and jump and exp- you've blown out a bloody shoe, man. Come on. You're at 330 pounds now. You might lose a quad or a hamstring and that, that's a concern, bro. Now, who's your source down in New Orleans? Is, the, is it the beignets guy? Like, is, is he down there every day getting like 28 beignets and uh, those donuts and fucking a Coke? Like, yeah, I, I want to know who the fuck your <laughs> source is. But anyway. They're right, though. No, I never yeah, we hit this bang on. People were like, yeah. oh, no, you, you'll be right. You know, when we send the preseason, he's probably you're supposed to be big as a house. Everyone's like, ah, oh, I just bogus being crazy. Well, bingo. Yeah, no. Hey, you had the, you, you were the one who had this one. No question about it. And the thing of bogus, we talked about it on the calling app you know when we were talking about i was giving you some names of guys like michael sweetney and tractor trailer and eddie curry and you go yeah but those guys were later in their career where they really had the big weight problems it took a few years and then they really hit to it there's never been a guy this talented i'm not a huge zion fan i never was i think he's a good player he's the most productive unskilled player that i've ever seen in my life and he's a high level player but he's not a guy that i really value anywhere in the you know, even close, uh, I, I wouldn't even put him in the top 30. I'd put him right around there. He's an old, he's like Shaq, but at like six, seven, he's like Shaq at six, 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 seven. Like you really can't put him in a position. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's the best player with this type of uh, um, weakness that the leagues have ever seen. He's early in his career. Yeah. 
Yet, the guy can't get on the floor. Look, they talk about Luka and his weight. Look, Luka puts up MVP numbers with that weight. Yeah, he's not perfect with it for sure. But this guy is embarrassing himself and killing his value. And, and I understand. Look, I got a, I got a food problem myself, obviously. And it's hard. It's fucking hard. You know, it's like, but when you're weak with food and I value it, I, I look back and it's most likely it's probably because no one really fucked with me in my household about what I ate when I was a kid. Just, I was an Italian household, eat what you want, whatever, whatever. Like I wasn't Hercules from fucking the Nutty Professor. I wasn't 400 pounds and I was 11 years old, but that affects me today because I've had that my whole life where no one's ever said, get that fucking shit out of your mouth. And, Are you, you know, condoning bullying, pro? Yeah, I'm condoning bullying so you don't look like <laughs> me when you grow up. I'd fucking condone bullying if you don't have to look like me. I haven't seen my feet since the fucking 90s. But anyway, like that kid probably lived in a household where no one told him anything about his food. He's from down south. I know down south people. They just like, they, they like to eat shit. And who doesn't? And the problem is now he's an adult. He lives on his own. Not only does he live in his own, he's an adult. He's got millions of fucking dollars. He can eat whatever he wants. In New Orleans of all places. In New Orleans of all fucking places. And it's tough, man. It's not easy. And and people say, well, he's got millions of dollars on the table. Yeah, no shit. No doubt about it. But he's got to get this shit under control or he's going to be out of the fucking league. Not tomorrow. Not a year from now. But he'll be out of the league essentially because it'll be injury, injury, injury. That's the thing. People want to bitch about Luca. People bitch about Luca when he like, they don't win a game or they lose two in a row and he doesn't have 30 and 26. They're like, oh, he's heavy. He's heavy. See, I can't watch Maverick games because of my cable doesn't get... Uh, Fox Sports West and like I only watch them when they're on national TV so I don't even notice the weight thing and then I heard it like I was watching uh, TNT the other night that's so what the guy still busts your fucking ass whatever weight he is and he's on the court he's on the floor yeah he's on the floor this guy can't get on the fucking court it's embarrassing he wants out of New Orleans well how about fucking you know how about getting into a size 70 or below and then you could get out of New Orleans because he, he's not going to be an easy guy to fucking trade if he's going to be at 350, you know, and now the foot again, he gets hurt again. Like, that's a big fucking concern, man. Like, like, like you said in the, in the calling app, folks, the guy could have a chef cook you up whatever you want. Wheatgrass could taste like chocolate. Please give me that guy's fucking number. But like, you could have a chef. You know, it was a great movie. I fuck one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. There's a guy you, you probably never heard of him. This actor, his name is Dom DeLuise. The, mo the movie is called Fatso, right? About this fat Italian guy. A lot of his family members and friends died because they had weight problems, and he was big, right? And like he had this support group, all fat guys. It's a fucking hilarious movie. It's a comedy. And they're all staying at his house so he doesn't eat. They chained all his cupboards together and his brother, who was pretty skinny, had the key. Well, they took a gun and put it to the brother's head in the middle of the night. They said, Give me that fucking key. All right, oh, you're gonna, I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. Like he needs a support group. Because in the NBA, look, they'll give you a trainer, a strength coach, a chef, and, and they, they monitor everything you do during the day, but they don't know what the fuck yeah, that kid's doing home, at night. Once you're home, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a story. Did, you know about the Eddie Curry story, right? They said that, uh, was Eddie Curry? Yeah, I think it was Eddie Curry. They, when he was in Chicago, apparently, they had him on a diet and, you know, they had him eating all the meals at the facility and they're like, you know, he's eating- Michael Sweetney. Was it, was, sure, was it Sweetney when they went to his house? It was Sweetney. It was Sweetney. Is that the one who was like ordering like 15 pizzas a night at the house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they're like, yeah, that was Sweetney's a great guy. I, I know Sweetney. I, I worked out with him as pre-draft. He was my, my workout partner and talented dude, just couldn't hold his weight down, right? And they said that they've got this guy on like bare minimum. They had him, you got to come to the facility before practice. Don't eat. You're going to eat here and you're going to eat your lunch here. And then we're going to give you a to-go box for your dinner of something else made, right? And you have three meals a day, right? And they're like, day one, he's about the same weight. Day two, he gains a little bit. They're not too worried because, you know, the diet stuff, you usually don't see results for at least a week, right? And then like, they're like, week one, they're like, gained six pounds. <laughs> like, it's the eighth day, gained another three pounds. And they're like, dude, what? What, what are you doing? I don't know, man. I'm eating these salads. You're making me. It's, you know, like, what do you want me to do? I'm doing what you're telling me. And they, like, apparently they sent someone to his house and there's like stacks of pizza boxes in his bin and next to his bin. They're just like, what are you doing? And he just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't say no. And um, it's hard. It's hard to make that change. But like, like we've said, I've, I've never seen it with a superstar, all-star slash young first, second, third year player in his early 20s having massive weight problems like this. I've, I haven't seen that. Like you said, track the trailer, Sean Kemp, Oliver Miller. They still got a good five, six, Sean Kemp, double digits. They got they got a nice career out, made some money, were all stars. And then obviously tail end, early 30s, they, they don't change their habits. They get big, they get fat, and they, 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 their career is over by 31, right? We see that all the time. I've never seen it on this 
flipped on the on its head, you know, and, and that's you, you hope he gets right, you hope he gets healthy. And yeah, I mean there's there's the argument of I know we don't like fat shaming people and we don't like doing all that kind of stuff, but there's an argument that that could be a tool not not to the extent of insults and degrading, but hey, man, you know you, you can't do this. You're too big. You, you need, need to remind him on a daily basis the harsh reality of a professional athlete, and and that's what he probably does need. Hey, I got Tim Grover's phone number. He's a guy that can fucking get him in shape. He's the only guy that can do it. I got two words for that motherfucker, Tim Grover. Mm. That's the only guy that could help that fucking guy. Because, you know, you don't want to be swimming in fucking New Orleans and fucking, you know, in the ocean there and ducking harpoons. <laughs> you got to fucking do it, man. You got to do it. Because it's a shame. Because at some point, his athleticism is going to go away. You know, at some point. And then, like, the weight, like, there are there were guys, like, Eddie Curry could do fucking handstand dunks and he could be 400 pounds doing it. Like, he, he could be productive at that weight. But then at some point, your joints go. Oh, yeah. At some point, Soft athleticism goes. Muscle tears. Yeah. You know, recovery is the other thing that takes longer. As we've seen, prime example, it's not so much what's a big deal, I'm still out there playing, but it's like, yeah, but an injury that was two months for you is going to take four months because you're heavier. And then who, who's held responsible for that is the teams that are keep paying him and they're trying to rehab him yeah. and they're flying in experts to help, you know. So, you know, I hope it gets right. Like like you said, he's not the most skilled player, but he is an amazing specimen to watch out there when yes. he's healthy and firing. So we want he him is. back on the court and, you know, condolences to New Orleans. You know, they're, they're the ones that are going to start holding the bag either way, whichever way this goes. So the question I ask is, do you just try to – you probably can't even move him right now, but do you just get him healthy and get him out no, of there? No, no, you legitimately can't move the kid. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay? no pun. You can legitimately need a crane to move the kid. So, no, you cannot move him. I'm going to watch that space and just see how New Orleans handle this, whether they, you know, beat Brandon Ingram is playing really well for them. They've, they've started to have a, a core there where they're actually competing again. They're winning a few games. What they do with Zion is going to be really interesting for me to watch. Final one, NBA-wise, Ennis Kanner again. He's gone to the, M- the Players Association <laughs> Pro, and it's, it's absolutely hilarious. I don't see why this would... Wouldn't be the truth. The NBA gave comment, not the MBPA, which was which was a, a small detail that people missed. But Cantor basically had come out and said the MBPA is blowing him up to shut up. Quote: The play association called me and harassed me. I told him to stop calling me and texting me. Now this is his union that's supposed to be like, yes, we're with you, Ennis. You know, we might not agree, but our union's job is to protect our view, the views of our players, no matter what they are, and even if we don't agree with them. But um, then the NBA put out a statement saying we have not contacted um, Ennis or his people to tell him to shut up. But that was the NBA pro. It wasn't the MBPA. So you just, you just got to read these these word sandwiches that put out by these big leagues and corporations. I didn't really answer the question, but pretty funny that the the, the player association aren't back in their their own player in their own league, bro. Bogues, this thing is it, it's it's literally like a fucking circus. What do you think? Like, do you think that? Do you think he's lying? You think he's telling the truth? You like you you believe him? You think I believe him? I don't, that, that's a weird thing to lie about. I assume there's been a text from someone in the MBPA saying, hey, man, like, chill out. Like, they pay your salary. You know, Nike, China, our contracts would be an iota of what they are without them. I received one of those calls when I was playing. Um, I, t- I think I told you about it where I, I made a joke about a Wanda Sykes commercial being annoying. And they, they called me and were like, why did you say that? And I'm like, because the cur- commercial's annoying. Like, it is annoying. I don't like it. It's, it's a stupid commercial. It was a commercial where they were trying to, you know, it was the, the premise of the commercial was it was a bunch of school kids using the word gay too much as an insult, right? And Wanda Sykes walks in and I swear they use the word gay like 30 times in the first 30 seconds. And then Wanda Sykes basically says, hey, don't use that as an insult. It's blah, 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 blah. I just said the commercial was annoying, right? And they called mm-hmm. me and gave me that whole spiel. Like, they were like, hey, you realize you wouldn't have your own brand. I said, it was my own social media. Like, I can do what I want with it. Yeah, but you wouldn't have that social media without us. So you should, you should, you know, tone it down a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that, but appreciate the call. But they were really leaning on me, right? Like, so I think this is true. I think it's a weird thing to, to lie about, but mm-hmm. it is, it is a circus. Um, I, I don't think the MBPA should do that. I think Kant has his right to say what he wants, but there, yeah, it's just this, the circus is continuing. Like I said last week, I don't agree with the name change and all that bullshit, but this one was just a funny one that <laughs> he just quoted him, quoted saying, like, I told him to just, Stop texting me and calling me, like, lose my number to the very own union. He's pay- he-, he pays a portion of his salary to the union. <laughs> so maybe you'll get a refund, bro. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, he needs something. It's uh, it's interesting, though, Bogues, man. This, that whole thing about, like, this guy said this and then, no, we didn't say anything. And I did like Ennis's reasoning. Did you see the comments around his reasoning why he decided to speak out about China and LeBron and all that? Mm, did you see it? I think I did read it, but go ahead. I can't fault him for these comments. He, he said- 
someone asked him like, why now? Why, why is it taking you so long to speak out about what you're talking about now? Right. He's been a big advocate for, you know, things going on in Turkey in his homeland. His parents were, were essentially, you know, jailed as political prisoners for a while because of Ennis's views and comments, right? Um, I believe that's correct. So he's been doing that for the best part of a decade, right? So, so he, his words, he said that he was at a clinic or he was doing something in the community and someone came up to him and said, oh, you know, you're a big boy when it comes to your own country in Turkey, but I don't, I don't hear you saying anything about the, the Uyghurs in, in China. And, and that that's his reasoning as to why he spoke out. And, and you can only take a man for his word. If that's the reasoning, I think it kind of s- throws water on the reasoning we had a couple of weeks ago of like, well, you used to wear Nikes, dude. Like, why doing it now? Maybe it mm-hmm. it helps that cause. And if that is the real reason, I commend him for it. Um, and he and he basically said, finish that quote by saying, "I told that fan that no, nah, I got you. Like, I understand. I need it. I need to do." And that's when he started. That was his reasoning, bro. So we can only go by what he said. Yeah, I've known the kid for about fourteen years. Like I said, when he came over, I knew the agent that brought him over, and he he came over to work out with us with Attack about a year before he went to Kentucky. I mean, he's a good kid. He's a good-hearted kid. You know, he, he doesn't really try to hurt anybody. The only thing he's hurting is his team when he play, tries to play defense. But besides that, he doesn't really hurt anyone. He's a good guy. You know, he always has good intentions. He's got a, his heart's in the right place. So, hey, look, I can't tell anybody how to feel, you know, about whatever. this. He feels strongly about it. I do... Like I said, I have my feelings about, wait a minute, you wore Nikes for that long. I do have those types of feelings. But yeah, I mean, the guy, look, he he has, he's dedicated to what he said and he's trying to be as consistent as possible. He's trying to fight 900 fights. I don't know how the fuck the guy does it. Usually guys try to do like one one thing, two things. I mean, he's he's trying to fight 27 fights. I don't know how he's not stretching himself there. Yeah, it's hard, bro. Take it from me. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Sometimes <laughs> you can't shut that shit off, man. I know. <laughs> But it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, look, I mean, it's his it's his career to do what he wants with. I just found it funny that the, the Players Association had a crack at him. Um, whether that's true or not, who knows? Can only take a man for his word, but we'll continue to watch. I'm not calling him freedom, by the way. Fuck that. He's in his campus no, to me. No. Same as uh, yeah. Ron Artest was Ron Artest. I'm not I'm not playing all that shit. No doubt. You're, you're Ron Artest to me. Dante Exum to Barcelona pro. So I guess he was waiting out an NBA deal. Didn't get it. Barcelona's probably got enough euros in that bag. Not a bad place in the world to no. be pro. Very, very good place. Joe Ingles loved it there. Speaks very highly. I've got a few other former teammates and friends that have played there. All speak very highly of it. Um, one of the few institutions of basketball slash soccer, their Oof. whole facility. So I think he'll, he'll have a very good experience there. My question to you is, do you see him back in the NBA in the future? Oh, I, I definitely do. You know, it's funny. I didn't really like him coming out of the draft. I watched some things that he was in. I thought, yeah, I, I just don't see it. And he got, be- you know, obviously the injuries was terrible. And like, he's starting to figure this stuff out, which is good. Like he, and I think being on the Olympic team was great for him this past summer. Barcelona is my favorite team on the planet. I, I love fucking Barcelona. Me and... Doncic used to always go at it. He's a Real Madrid guy. I'm a Barcelona guy. And uh, this is going to be good for him because they have a bunch of injuries. They need him. You know, Miritich is basically carrying the team. They got a bunch of guys out of Brindis. Nicolaitis has been out, you know. So this would be good for him. He could play, you know, he could play big minutes on, on, on a, obviously one of the best teams in the world and, you know, in Europe in the ACB. So I think it would be good. I definitely do see him back in the NBA. I think with this stuff, when you, when an NBA player goes to Europe, I think that they have to, you know, win. I think if you could win, you go to the final four, like out of sight, out of mind. If you go to like China and make three million, but you're not really playing in front of anybody, no one really cares. You make great money. They treat you unbelievably in China as a player that you never miss a paycheck. But the problem is no one's seen you. And I've seen it where NBA players who flame out early, Yasekachevis is like that. You know, like you flame out early and then you go and you win and you dominate in the final four and then now teams want you. You know, Shane Larkin, same thing. Flamed out of the NBA, ended up being the best player in Europe. He'll probably have NBA offers, which he didn't have before he left, obviously. So, like, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be great for him. Yeah. Joe Ingles, yeah. No, Joe Ingles, yeah, for sure. So, I think that, like, you got to be smart with the team that you go to. Don't just chase the money. You know, uh, he was hanging out at the practice facility. Maybe he would have got a crack. Maybe he wouldn't. But now he gets to play. He gets to make money. He Not that money's a big deal, but he gets to play at a big fucking stage. And he gets to show the world in NBA scouts because they'll be in the Final Four. They always are. They'll go to the Final Four, ACB Championship. People will see him as long as he could do well. God forbid, staying healthy. And then I think he'll be, I think he'll be in good shape for next season. 
And he played well in FIBA. You know, the FIBA game suits him a little bit more at this point, I think, um, with just the way he plays. His athleticism can really be a factor, picking up full court defensively. And he's in one part of the world that has some of the best smoked meats you can find. Pro, let's get back on food. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> you know, some some nice prosciuttos. So, uh Big fan uh -huh. of uh, I'm a big fan of Spanish diet and tapas. I'm, I'm a big fan of eating a lot squid of different egg, right? things. Did you do the squid ink? That's big there as well. I'm not a huge fan of that, but that's a Croatian dish as well. Um, black squid ink, risottos, and pastas. Oh shit! Yeah, but um, I'm a big fan of uh, tapas where you uh, you know, you sit down and have 15 different mini meals in one. Oh, huge, huge fan. So hopefully Dante experiences that. Onto the NBL pro. So. I'm going to give some credit. I picked um, I picked Tasmania, the, the startup franchise, obviously. It's their first year. I picked them last, but i got to give them credit, man. Um, Scott Roth has them playing a really nice style of basketball. They play their balls off, man. I'm really, really impressed with the way they play. I don't think they'll get that that many wins. But they, I don't, they might not finish last. They might prove me wrong, but I, I think they're still obviously not a finals team. But i, I got to give them credit. They, they, look, they look like they've got a system there. They play hard. I think they know pro that they're – we're not a very talented team. We've got, you know, we've got some talent, but we're not, we're pretty thin on our bench when we go deep. We have to outplay everyone. And it's been fun to watch them do that. They, they generally outplay everyone. They, they end up losing due to talent for the most part, but they, they're going to give you their best shot. I thought it'd be much uglier for them starting out. So credit to them. The New Zealand breakers, are, uh, you know, they just can't, can't buy any luck. They've, both their imports are injured. They've got the COVID issue they had preseason. They're away from home again. They just can't get any consistency. So you feel for them. I think they're going to have another rough year. Tom Abercrombie, one of their main veteran New Zealanders, local, he's got an injury as well, uh, reported to be back earlier. So you really feel bad for them. Perth Wildcats are cruising. They looked, they looked good early on. Sydney, Kings, my team played Illawarra Hawks yesterday. We had a couple of guys down, but Illawarra looked very, very good. They they look real good. Brian Gorgian, obviously, pro coach of the national team. He's their head coach. They have um, Justinian Jessup's there for his next year. Tyler Harvey's there. Antonius Cleveland, not sure if you know who that is, but he's he's with them as well. Yeah, we had him in Dallas. Yeah, he's a good kid. Really good balanced roster. Really, really good. And they they just they just look like they're they're priming for a championship run, in my opinion. So I think they're gonna be the team to beat. I think Perth up there as well, but they look very, very good. So the NBL kicked off it's good to have basketball back on our screens a time of recording Melbourne versus Southeast Melbourne big rivalry game in town rival is, is going to be within a couple of hours of this finishing so that'll be a good one to watch but just a quick NBL wrap there pro who's your team pro I've never asked you who's your NBL team man Tasmania of course <laughs> of course it is <laughs> No, I the don't funny, know. The I, funniest name in, in in all of the land, they're, they're called the Jack Jumpers, bro. The Jack Jumpers. Folks, Tasmania, like, I would think that that's a hot as shit place. Like, you're no, telling me it's cold. It's yeah. The, it's the little island below Australia. That's Tasmania. Yeah. So, you look at the map, the little bite that's missing. Uh, it used to be all connected once upon a time, and then um, I guess global warming was a thing a thousand years ago warming. as well. Yeah, we lost, lost, lost half of it. But there, I haven't spent time outside of basketball there. I've played there a few times, but beautiful part of the world. Some of the cleanest air in the world, apparently. However, they measure that, but apparently really, really clean. Just, just a good place to live as far as- Like Minnesota, not Minnesota cold. No snow. They, they ever really get snow. It's just, it's probably be more, hmm, what would you compare it to? Seattle-ish, probably? Seattle-ish. Not as okay. much rain though. Not as much rain, but yeah, Seattle, yeah. You, like you get some strong winds through there. It can be, it's on the colder side of things. You have your nice summer days, but, but just- rolling hills you know ocean all around basically um wineries that kind of stuff as well big island pretty big yeah it's pretty big yeah you, i mean the population is not huge um they're, they're way under a million i don't even know what the population would be but it'd be way under a million two main uh -huh. cities hobart and launceston so yeah de decent city like really really big with foodies now and wineries and now they've got a basketball club to support as well and um they've been they've been waiting to get you know, some sort of professional sport out there. Uh, I think the cricket's down there, but um, Australian rules football were always kind of umming and ahhing about getting a team down there. And now the NBL's trumped them, which is good. And they're drawing a good crowd. You know, they're getting almost 5,000 a night in a brand new arena, which is close to capacity, which is it's just good to see whenever a new team comes in, they're well supported and they're putting out a product that at least is competitive, right? You don't want to have your first year in the league and you're just getting blasted by everyone. And people are like, it's great for a year. And then you're like, I'm not going to go watch these guys get pounded every week. Whereas at least they're giving their fans something to cheer for. And as of last week, they won that, or well, the week before, they won their first game of the season at home. Their, their first game ever which is good so that'll be your team do you, do you even know what a what a jack jumper is fuck no i don't know what a jack jumper is yeah that's why i got you here what, what the fuck is a jack jumper it's a form of ant pro it's a form of no ant. shit yeah it's a form of ant that's known for that region very very interesting name it doesn't roll off the tongue very well but that is that is the logo and they went with something that was was 
kind of from left field and I guess people were talking about it for wrong or right reasons so it did definitely got got its uh got its name out there. Huh. Learn something new every day. Which is funny. The mammoth human being in pro follows a team that has a logo of an ant. It's just hilarious, right? Hey. George Cassanza <laughs> just do the opposite, baby. Do the opposite. All right, stats useful and useless. I got a good one for you. I think you'll like this one. I don't know. We'll see. Sure. Actually, there's two that are really good, but this one, you got to give me an answer on this. Sure. There's one player. One player has more career wins than the Minnesota Timberwolves do all time, and he's been retired for a number of years, Mm -hmm. and it obviously includes playoffs and finals. Who is that player? Oh, fuck. See, I would say like Bill Russell off the bat, but no, I would say- No, well, come on. Since the Wolves have been in the league, I'm saying- Oh, over the same All course right. of time, since Wolves have been in the league, you count from when they've been in the league to now, total wins. One player has had more wins than them over that period of time, basically. Tony Parker. Close. Teammate. Oh, Tim Duncan then. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan has 1,158 wins versus Minnesota's 1,032 wins. And Minnesota are probably still a good two seasons off catching old Tim Duncan. That's crazy. I don't know if it's more the success of Tim Duncan that we're commending here or how shit the Wolves have been since they've been in the league. Trust me, we're not. Trust me, we're not. It's definitely the shitty the the Wolves have been. (laughs) That's insane. That's an insane stat. I, I, I don't know how they got that, but- yeah, that was a- that was a, Stat Muse? I think it was Stat Muse, yeah. Yeah, it was trending all. Nice. All right, this one's good. The Lakers speed, pro. The Lakers speed. The average speed per player, obviously, is 4.25 miles per hour. It's the worst in the league. Their miles per game is 9.3, which is second last in the league. And get this one. Percentage of the time walking, 68%. Worst in the league. <laughs> Useful or useless? Oh, useful as shit. That's <laughs> definitely useful, man. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked 68% up. 68% of the time they're walking pro. Oof. Why not? Hey, that's a team I, I can respect. <laughs> I saw those and I was like, this is this is as useful as it gets. Like, especially when everyone's talking about their age and they're slow and this, that. I mean, that basically whew, that hits it on the head there. You're, you're in, I can't talk because towards the end of my career, I was one of those guys, but I wasn't on a team with another eight guys like that, bro. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. Great technology. And they, have, and they have Russell Westbrook and LeBron James who are generally up there in, in speed up and down the court, right? Like they're usually like Russell's generally moving. You know what I'm saying? So you'd assume that he'd have a spike from an individual point of view. It just tells you how slow everyone else is on the court that's out there. I'll tell you that this fucking data, this data is unbelievable. No wonder why H Bob, uh, our boy Bob was making fucking mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, the, the data you can get. By the way, I respect the shit out of gamblers, man. I did an exercise. I don't, I don't, first of all, it's the only exercise I get. Second is I, um, I just want to ch- just try to pick up games. No, I don't gamble, but just pick the game spread-wise. I'll tell you what, it's hard as shit to win with spreads, man. I'm 13 and 16. I, I can't I can't buy a fucking break. So I, I respect the shit out of H-Bob being able to fucking go on tears like that. I mean- A full-time yeah. gamble is, geez, I mean, it's Oof. it's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've got a little deal here with the, the Dabble app, so I'll give them a shout out. The Dabble app here in Australia, which is um, a first of its kind betting app, basically where you can actually join groups with your friends and, and mass forum groups within the app and talk shit about your bets, share your bets with other people. Like, pro, if you were to put a bet out, I can copy your exact bet to mine. But I've been doing some stuff with them trying to just give some some punters some unique tips and multis and it's hard man it's hard because there's a lot of things you got to study although today i think i got one right i picked miami chicago at miami based on south beach <laughs> i might be right hey, i might so be you right took miami i took miami at home um they're currently up 16 three minutes left in the third so i should be close to safe but we never know we'll see how that pans out but i took them based on the the late night in south beach which i knew a lot of those bulls guys would be out in south beach till three four in the morning getting in some trouble so Hopefully that works out for me, but it's hard, man. It's hard full time. Dude, like last night, Charlotte, I take Charlotte minus one and a half at home. They are fucking up. They should have won. And then fucking, you know, Sat comes back, makes a couple of shots. Then down to down two and fucking Fox misses the free throw, laughing at it at the end. So like I was hoping for overtime because I was minus one and a half. I took Sacramento. And then fucking, I mean, I took uh, Charlotte minus one and a half at home. So I'm, I'm praying for fucking Fox to make this free throw to go to overtime. This fucker not only misses it and is just laughing about it. I'm like, this motherfucker <laughs> right here. 
I didn't. I mean, again, I didn't gamble. I just want to. I'm doing it for a month to see what my record is, just to see. I pick about three or four games at night. God damn it, these motherfuckers! I'll tell you what. The the people who come up with the spreads in basketball is ridiculous. The geniuses, man. I sat down with a guy in Vegas that knows all the um, the sports book people, and a lot of these sports books, and, I, and it, they they would do this, folks. They have an analytics guy. They got a basketball guy, just for basketball. They got an analytics guy, a basketball guy, and an information guy. Like, they can get, like, who's hurt, who's yeah. fucking whose girl, who's fucking fight, <laughs> infighting. Like, they don't talk to each other, and they come up with their own information, and they submit it, and this that's a big part of how they come up with the line. And I'll tell you what, it's it's unbelievable. Like, they go three, three and a half, and so many they of these games it, like, are close. spot on, though. Like, they'll, they'll set a line yeah. of, like, you know, Phoenix plus plus 15 and you take the over and, and it's right on 15. You know, it's just like, man, like they get it within Iota and I mean, the NBA, they say uh, is the hardest, hardest sports game to gamble on just because you don't, you know, garbage time is what kills betters because you just, you get some young kid, oof. some young kid in yeah. covering the spread with 20 seconds left and some asshole goes and does a windmill. <laughs> You're just like. I was going to act like, like, yeah, like, like fucking um, Ricky Davis trying to alley yeah. to himself and some shit. Yeah. yeah. Like I've lost folks. I lost. Do you remember that shot? You've probably seen it on video, uh, like, uh, on the highlights, like Van Exel hit against the Celtics, falling yeah, out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that game. I was in college at Suffolk University. I was at that fucking game. I gambled. I, I took the Celtics, and that fucker hits that shot, and I ended up losing the fucking game. I, I'm telling you, and that actually put money in the game. Strutted up the court, the long stride up this the court. This motherfucker, <laughs> like, like I've lost on some doozies. But like, yeah, it's tough, man. It's that, that and H. Bob making that much money and going on those many runs. It's amazing. It's just how they fucking come up with that shit. I, I know we're off topic on that. No, that's but, right. I mean, full-time know. gamblers, credit, where credit is due if you're making money. Tough job. Well done. All right. Christos Porzingis. This is his field goal percentage on post-ups, bro. 2015 16, 37.8%. 16, 17, 36.4%. 17, 18, 43.3%. Then he missed a year with a knee. 19, 20, 42%. 20, 21, 50%. This season, pro, 57.6% on post ups. Useful, useless. Very useful. Very useful. Yeah, gotta get him the ball on the block. Get him on the block. I remember last year I heard some intel like he was scoring on the block, he was doing well, and they just came to him and said, Yeah, you're not posting up anymore. And, you know, it didn't go well. That's what that guy does. Regardless of what analytics is telling you, you gotta post that fucking guy up because he can score. Now, should you do it like the 1980s and just fucking like back down, back down? No. One five switch, because no one's original in the NBA and everybody switches. When you go one five switch, you throw it down there to him. Elbow ISO, give it to him. You know, pick and pop, give it to him so he can catch and drive. Those are the things that that fucking guy can do. You know what he can't do? Pull up from the fucking logo like they had him doing it like yeah, seven man. times a year last year. He's not a great shooter. He's a good shooter. He is a good shooter. He is not Dirk Nowinski when he comes to three-point shooting. He could really score. He's He's got length so you could roll him to the rim and he could score in transition and all that cut and do that. But he his game is give it to him in the elbow, give it to him in the block, let him face up, let him do some damage. He's incredibly skilled. But he is not a great shooter like that. So you got to use it where, he's, where he could really do damage. And I thought that they didn't do him service last year just having him in the fucking corner or pulling up from fucking, you know, pulling up from half court. That's just not – he's not a consistent shooter like that. It's just not, but guess not what, that. Though, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter. You know, he's streaky. But guess yeah. what happens if you post him up and he goes – you know, two for two on jumpers and makes a few hooks and let's say he's he's five for seven and he gets a feet set wide open three, guess what? He's feeling much better about himself, you know, because yes, he is. he's started closer to the basket. He's got a few easy gimmies, he's got to the free throw line. Rather than coming into a game cold and pulling up from the logo, of course you're going to set yourself up for failure in that extent. So I, I, I like it. I think they should post him more. I mean, 57.6% this season. I mean, they, they, they look at points per possession, but if he's, you know, that's that's above a point of possession. Clearly, um, they should look yeah. at it more. Plus, you're getting guys in foul trouble. Plus, then they might have to double you. Then you can kick out and get your three. So, I think a good mix. But in saying that, Dallas <laughs> hasn't done too well in the last week or so. So, we'll watch that space. Yeah, bro. There's five five players in the 100 triple double club. 
You think you can name him without looking at the sheet? Oh, uh, well, I know LeBron just did it. I would assume it's uh, Oscar Robertson. I assume it's Russell Westbrook. That's three. Magic Johnson, four. I'll say Larry Bird, but it's probably wrong. But yeah, that's what you I got. got. Four. The, the last one you were missing was Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Jason fucking Kidd. I was going to say Fat Lever from Denver. He was a big, uh, I don't know if you know him. He played yeah, with Alex English. Yeah. I just, know, Denver, I just know him because of his funny name. <laughs> I love that name uh, for obvious reasons. I love that name, but yeah, it's a uh, wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, pretty elite company. Bunch of useless stats this week, pro. I like them all. I don't know about you, but they were great. Oh, I love them all. They were fucking great. Porzingis one was great. Fact or fake news? All right, folks. I got three. Obviously, we're on Zion pretty hard today. We're going to keep going. Fact or fake news. Now, we've already had one that was similar to this, but we're just going to do it anyway. It's about, I haven't checked. There's about 56 games left in the seasons, give or take. Zion plays 25 plus games this year. Fact or fake news? What are they at right now? They've played 28. What, 28? How many games is it this season? Is it still 82? 82. They've gone Yeah, so 54. Okay. So, nah, nah. Fake news. He's not. Yeah. I, I think. My thing is they're going to have to slow him down. Yeah, right now because they they know there's an issue. So he's he's month he's a month plus. If he's perfectly healthy today, he's a month plus from playing anyway. You can't play at three thirty, dude. Like that's not going to happen. So factor that in, and then I just feel like he'll come back and something else is going to happen. I, I really do. Um, I, I think he's going to. You know that kind of weight. You're not. You're not. You're not shitting that in season, dude. Not 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 on flights, on planes, in hotels. That's off season shitting weight. He's going to have to have bunker down one off season. Get himself in good shape and be back for that next season. So he's not playing twenty five games, bro. No fucking chance. No, uh, he's not going to play back to backs. He's going to be sitting out. There's a possibility that f- that he might not play all year. There is. I don't. I don't think it will happen. But you never know. Like if it keeps on having setbacks and well, they're not playing for anything. So yeah, I mean, what are they eight? They eight and twenty right now. I mean, what are they? Where's ten? I mean, ten is eleven and fifteen. So arguably, they're only three games behind ten. But yeah, yeah, man, they're. they're They'll know where they lay by January, early January, and, and it's not like you're bringing him back for a playoff push. No, no. So, I agree. All right, folks. The fact and fake news stuff, it's like, who wins more and who wins more? Sometimes you run out of stuff. Not that I ran out, but now I want to go over, like, I, I want you to put your GM hat on. You've got the Boston Celtics roster, and you've got the San Antonio Spurs roster. You would take the, San, the Boston Celtics roster right now going forward over... The San Antonio Spurs roster going forward. Fact or fake news? Um, let me just jump online and see this. Yeah. Salary spread. I'm taking the Spurs. But Boston is seventh in the league with salaries guaranteed 145 this year, 149 next season. Then they have a bit of a drop off. San Antonio have nothing. They have 119 million this year, going on to 83, 57, and 19 year on year in guaranteed contracts. That's a huge, huge part of the NBA, and that's very valuable. They have a shitload of cap space. They're probably one of the better suited small market towns that doesn't have a whole lot to do to get free agents because they do like playing for pop. So I would, I'm taking... The question was, would I take Boston's fake news? I would take San Antonio. I think Boston's better to win today. If you put them in a yeah. matchup, Boston would beat them. But I think San Antonio is priming for another another rebuild in the next couple of years, and, and they're, they're just better suited for it. Boston are not. Yeah, you know, I thought about it, and I had your sentiment at first. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And I'm going to say, unfortunately, I'm going to say fact. Here's the thing. San Antonio's roster. I don't know the trade value you're going to get with a lot of those guys. Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Derek White. Those guys sort of, those guys sort of remind me of the same player. They remind me of a, of, of players that are like, okay, they're good, but they're not next level good. Look, I'm not sold on the Celtics superstars either, but those guys, at least you got two guys. You got one guy probably in the top 15 in Tatum. You got another guy who's probably in the top 30 in Brown. And at least you can do something with it. And let's not forget Marcus Smart. Now, Marcus Smart probably goes into the same sort of category as a DeJounte Murray and a White and a Johnson. That's San Antonio's problem. When they drafted Duncan and those guys in the late 90s, they could always sort of put them together and then just sort of rotate. You know, they you had three difference makers with Ginobili, Parker, and, and, and Duncan. And then you could just continue to rotate guys through, sign guys and just those complementary players. And then you could always rotate them around those three superstars. You can't do that with San Antonio's group because there's no superstar to go around. And they're young players. Like, I know they they talk really well about, you know, like Lonnie Walker and, and guys like that. But I just don't. 
Yeah, I don't see space, it. Bro. They've got cap space. They've got some picks coming up. They do, but- Boston are pretty much topped out right now. I mean, the other question no. to lead this in would- They've got some picks, right? Well, no. Well, I don't think so. I think they've got a max slot coming up this summer. They got one max. They got a, almost a max slot because they could like they got some guys under non guaranteed deals, and they I, I think I think Al Horford's deal is not not fully guaranteed. A lot of it's non guaranteed. So they they I think they only owe them about five or six million bucks. So they could they could save some money there. And it comes out to almost a max slot. The problem is. No one really wants to go to like Boston's had probably a better five or six years in free agency as far as like guys like Haywood and stuff coming than San Antonio has. Like who has San Antonio gotten big free agent wise that came to them? They they will have cap room. I, I I totally agree with you. They won't be bottoming out, so they'll be drafted at about fourteen. You know, probably twelve to they'll probably draft to twelve to sixteen. So their draft picks aren't going to be great. And they have all this money, but they don't have these. They don't have any good players. Now they have good players, but they don't have any great players. So that's the thing. So I was going to go San Antonio because you know I, I like the style of play. They play hard. They're not good, but they play hard. And where Boston just doesn't consistently play hard, you know. But they've got more value of the, like like if they can move Tatum and they could probably get Lillard, they could probably get a, 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 a like a, a, a plethora of guys. They could move Brown and get a bunch of guys. You know, you could move them both if you wanted to and get guys. You could move one, but I just think they have the star power. So I'm gonna say fact. I will take it, but it, it's. 51-49. It's not. It, it wasn't like across the board. Who like, makes the conference finals first, Boston or San Antonio? The Vancouver Grizzlies will before <laughs> neither one of those motherfuckers do. So, yeah, that'll be tough. That'll be tough. Let me see. Last one, Bogues, here. What do I got for you? Who would you take? Oh, wow. We got another Zion. My bad. Who would you take going forward with both of their shit shows uh, deals that get going on right now? Who would you take going forward? Say a fully healed Zion Williamson or Ben Simmons going forward right now. As of today? Yeah. Say he's fully healed. Say this is like a month from now. uh, Simmons ain't traded. And say, you know, knock on wood, our guy Zion is healthy. Who are you taking going forward? And Ben's healthy mentally and physically? Ben's healthy. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's say that. Mentally and physically. Well, no, 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 no. Mentally, whatever. Like, yeah, like he's, he's like, like the, uh, we'll put this way. The mental problems that he's having since this whole thing started, those are gone. But the other stuff, the inconsistencies and stuff, they still stay on. But the other stuff that, the stuff that he acquired, you know, miraculously throughout this whole process that he got, that stuff's gone. So he's healthy, Zion's healthy, mentally healthy, all that stuff. What, who are you taking? I think, it's a, I think they're the same players in different positions. They're both athletic, gifted, you know, explosive. Ben Moore, the, you know, point forward, 3-4, whatever you want to call it. Um, Zion Moore, the 4-5. They're kind of similar in the way they impact the game. Not so much with skill, right? They're, 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 they'll, you know, Zion's beating the shit out of you and dunking on you. Ben's pressure Dean you in the lanes, getting the paint. So I think it's a coin flip, man. I don't think you're overwinning with either. If I had to do it today, I'll go with Ben just because I don't have the weight issues long term. Uh, I yeah. just think that's going to be a continuous issue. I think Ben is still, you know, arguably one of the best, if not the best, uh, defensive players in the league as far as what he can do multi dimensional, can switch, can guard bigs. Mm-hmm. And he's athletic and, and really can be, you know, a really good point forward. Going forward, whereas Zion, I think, will kind of different skill set, but I just don't have faith in his in his weight issues. Yeah, me neither. And, and like the way he impacts the game, I think that he impacts the game in certain thing in certain styles. But I think that again, he doesn't really have that elite skill to just throw in the ball and he's going to create. You know, he's like it's not like like everybody wanted to compare it to LeBron. He's like he's not a guy that's like LeBron that could just get the ball at half court and just dribble by anybody and get to the basket at will. Um, he doesn't shoot it well. Uh, he doesn't really defend it well. Like he pull, bullies you in the paint and I mean, he basically could dunk on your whole team and, and back it down and he's that strong. But I just, so I, I think defensively he's not very good. He's not really long armed. But, like, he could punish you in the paint. And I think that Ben, yeah, Ben's got his problems offensively and you got to hide him on some of the things that he does, shooting and all that. But I think at least defensively, playmaking size, um, that he's got the advantage. I'm not in love with either one, obviously. But I would definitely take I would, I would take Ben Simmons over over Zion. Plus, you got the weight stuff. So, uh, fake news, I would take Ben Simmons as well. 
Fake news. Fake Good news. stuff. All right, that wraps up episode 46 of the Basketball Podcast. Now, Pro, we had a very special guest join us. That'll be the next episode after this. We're going to break them up a little bit so they don't go too long. But that was um, it was great to catch up with our guy, Jock Landale. It was a really, really good chat. You guys caught up for dinner actually a week before, which was which was always fun. But um, I thought it was a great interview about kind of his upbringing and what he's been through and, and just, you know, hearing it what he values as far as success in his career and, and how he's kind of tried to change himself mentally with, you know, right now not playing, going from, you know, one of the best players in the NBL to now a system in San Antonio where he's actually in the G League as we speak playing. You get some real insight to, to how he's handling all that, but I thought it was it was a really good chat for our listeners. Yeah, it's probably the least I've ever spoken in a, in a podcast, in a, a Bo- uh, Rogue Bogues podcast. So I think uh, if you if you got a cringe every time I lisp, I think you'll be really happy. I don't say a lot. <laughs> I let you two fuckers, you know, get after it. No, it was good. You didn't know what we're talking about half the time because we're talking about Australian <laughs> things, but that's all right. Good point. All right, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks. All right, Bogues. I'll talk to you, brother.